Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League, hot off the heels of another exciting round of football. Round 9 is in the books and we're here to review it all for you here today. You're live on the Backchat YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. We also have socials in operation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up, we really do appreciate it. Paul Persick with you and joining me once again is Taylor Cowper. TC, welcome along mate. Hello, big week of uh, footy wasn't it? Oh absolutely. Yeah. So many thrillers as well. Looking forward to going through it all. Um, yeah, lots to talk about. Absolutely. Especially now when you've got seven teams that can make the five in already what is an open season. Waffle again at its at its highest competitive standard once again. Well, you look at it. I reckon eight through to first, any of those teams could be in the top five the end of the season, which makes the back end of this uh, this waffle season a really exciting prospect. Don't think the Perth Footy Club will be there, and definitely not West Coast Eagles. Actually, I heard an interview yesterday with the CEO of, of the Football Commission talking about whether the Eagles are going to actually field a team for the second half of the year. I think they will, but yeah. Perth and West Coast, yeah, they've got no chance. But from South Fremantle right through to Claremont at the moment, anyone can be there. Second half is going to be an absolute ripper of the uh, second half of the season, make no mistake about that. And for all you viewers out there that are keen to get some WAFL action on this weekend, round 10. You can watch all the games live, free and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, Paul Persick and Taylor Cowper. One of those clubs that has made a statement within the five yeah. with two very good wins has been East Perth. They're currently in fourth on the ladder and one of their stars has been a real key contributor. He's been in red hot form over the last month and he's good enough to join us. Tom North from the East Perth Football Club. Tommy, welcome to Around the Waffle. Thanks guys, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Another great win from your boys uh, against uh, East Fremantle. Your form individually as well. You must be very pleased over your last month of footy. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, we've, we've obviously had a couple of really good wins against some quality sides. West Perth and, um, uh, sorry, it was East Rio last week who were looking like a real strong side. So I'm mm. um, happy to get a couple of good wins. And, yeah, yeah top. Just- I'm happy to do my part. So I think just move your head a little bit to yep. the right there, Tommy. Um, obviously, you were outside the top five at the start of the season, uh, the start of the last round. Um, now yep. sitting fourth, what was there any more motivation heading into this game against Eastern Mandel? You mentioned that they were obviously a team that is going to be there towards the end of the season at the top end of the ladder. Does that give you guys a little bit motivation heading into this game, knowing you've got to perform against a quality side? Uh, yeah, it always does. Um, I mean, we treat every game the same, that we want to go out there and play the way we want to play, and we think that our best is good enough to beat anyone. So uh, we, we prepare the same, but obviously there's a little bit extra in it when when it's, you're playing against a quality side like East Freo and, and obviously South Freo this week too. What about uh, Ross McQueen as a coach? He's really gotten uh, the best out of a lot of uh, your players, not just yourself, but also what is a, a, an AFL-caliber midfield, Schumacher, Crowden, Scott, Brayshaw, amongst others. Uh, what do you, how do you rate Rossi as a coach? Yeah, he's been great so far. Obviously, it's his first year as a senior coach, and um, he's really stepped into that role really well, and obviously he wants us to play to our strengths, um, but also to our system, and um, he's got a really good balance going along, and Obviously, a really good support crew with the uh, assistant coaches as well. South Fremantle on Sunday, Tom. I've just noticed on the fixtures yep. here that it's a Channel 7 game. Do you get a haircut before a televised game? Uh, 
I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't had a haircut for a while. <laughs> I, uh, the long hairs. It's, I don't know what to do with it at the moment, but no, I don't normally. I probably should have a shave, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of a danger game, this one. We all know the problems that East, uh, South Fremantle sorry, had at the start of the season. They're starting to hum along a little bit, though. They're obviously not inside the top five at the moment, but they're really starting to push. Could this be a bit of a danger game for the Royals? Uh, I think anyone who plays South Rio knows what a quality side they are. They're a very restrictive side try not to let you score as much and we obviously played them earlier in the year and they did exactly that to us so um, we're not going in there any more confident or negatively so we're just going to play our system and hopefully um, we'll come out on top you're briefly um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah sorry, sorry Tommy you were briefly on the uh, Dockers list as well uh, a few years ago do you have that desire to be uh, in the yeah. AFL system once again um, not so much I think I'm just enjoying my footy at the moment um, uh, I went back obviously, to play at VFL and maybe had the dream to get back into it. But um, a, a big part of coming over to East Perth was to play with a self-aligned club and with some friends and really uh, try win a win a flag and enjoy my footy. So uh, if it happens, obviously, I'm not going to say no, but, yeah, just enjoying the footy. Well, mate, good luck with the rest of the season. Obviously, a big game against the Bulldogs this uh, Sunday afternoon down there at Fremantle Oval on Channel 7 as well. So if you can't get down there, make sure you're watching it along at home for all of our viewers out there. But good luck with it uh, this Sunday against the Doggies. Thank you very much. Now, hopefully it'll be a good one. Thanks, Tom. Tom. Mate, so he obviously wanted to come and play with Scott Jones, who was a bit of a mate of his. Uh, I was reading about the other day when we when we, when we lined up Tom as a guest on the show. But he has been really, really good for mm. East Perth, and I watched their game uh, the last quarter of their game through the AFL app on Sunday afternoon, and they got a lot of hard bodies in that midfield, and they just. They almost bullied East Fremantle in a way. They did. It's an AFL calibre midfield mm. with the players that they've got and how much impact they make. I mean, you, you could look at this. Schumacher, Crowden. We mentioned Scott Jones. Who, we're wishing him all the best, by the way. Yeah. Of course, breaking, uh, breaking his leg in uh, the first minute of uh, Unreal, the game. And uh, we're hearing that it is curtains for him in season 2023. So all the best, Jonesy, in your recovery. But you also have the likes of Brayshaw, who saw a lot of the ball as well. But also up forward, Shane Hilly, again, uh, impacting the scoreboard with two goals. Their side has just got quality written all over at the present time, and Ross McQueen as a coach is starting to get so much more out of his players than what other coaches in the past few years would have got out of this that, that East Perth side. Yeah, so plenty to talk about. I know we've got other games to review, but um, yeah, let's get into it, eh? Let's go. Of course, this is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Paul Persick and Taylor Cowper. And the first game of round nine TC on the Saturday morning. No surprise about the results. Subiaco handing the West Coast Eagles another triple uh, triple digit trouncing yeah. over there at Mineral Resources Park. The Lions depth, again, once again, very good. But there's, again, been a lot of talk about West Coast. And I want to put you in the hot seat. Rob Wiley, the current Eagles coach, yep. would he be under the pump uh, and would his job be on the line come the end of the season? Oh, come the end of the season, I think every coach that finishes not not in the top five in the waffle probably is questioning whether they're going to run around again. Rob Wiley, he's obviously a legend of, mm. of football in Australia. Um, it's a tough position he's in, isn't it? Where yeah. And we talk about the Eagles ad nauseum on this show, but I don't really want to spend too much time on them. Is he worried about it? I don't think he is really fussed either way because, you know, it's it's a tough position to be in when your AFL list has got so many um, injuries at the moment. That's got to feed down to your waffle side. And like I said, I, I heard an interview on another radio station the other day um, uh, with, with the CEO of the Football Commission and he just said, 
look at it, it's just a tough position to be in. The Eagles have got opportunities to get players from other sides as well that can come in. So and I in remember, the PFL as well. Yeah, the so they've league. got opportunities there. They can get some young players in to give them a bit of a crack. So, yeah, Rob, it's just a hard job, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a huge side. challenge, a huge challenge to be a coach at that Eagles side, especially when you've got so many players out, like you said, but also players that are that are trying to gel. That gelling process is very, very daunting at the moment for the West Coast yeah. Eagles considering uh, the number of outs that they have got. But on the other side of the coin, you know, don't take anything away from Subiaco. They oh, were dominant no. from the outset. Was it 46 hit? So he's averaging over 40 hit outs a game. Zach Clark, Zach Clark. yeah. 46 <laughs> yeah. he got on uh, on Saturday. If he's not uh, polling votes, top votes in the Sandover medal, then I don't know what will take for him to poll top votes. He's where's, just where's been outstanding. polling in our kind of scenario. Well, he's been polling quite well. Yeah. He's been polling quite well. Very consistent. Because you can't, you can't say they've got to be doing it good in the stand over. They're not doing well in our top five yeah, players. That's fair. That's so fair. Just putting words in your mouth yeah. there. We <laughs> might see how that goes. But no, he's been fantastic. They they were just pure class. 25 goals, 16 behinds, 166 to defeat Claremont at Mineral Resources. Just a really great performance. Um, someone mentioned the other day that the Eagles are like witches cones at the moment. Oh, so. yeah. But yeah, no, good job, Subiaco. They just keep rolling in. I don't think we need to spend too much time on the rest of this game, do we? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, again, Subiaco dominant and uh, in the top two at, uh, at the present time with a yep. healthy percentage boost. But then the big one on Saturday, the second game, top spot up for grabs, and it lived up to the billing yep. over there at River Fitness Stadium. I was on the call with Dan Hobley for this one. Uh, six minutes to go. Claremont looked dead and buried, yeah. three goals down. And what happened? Claremont just went bang, bang, bang. Third time in the year they've come from behind and won. I was going to say, if you're a Claremont fan and you are down any point in the fourth quarter, you'd be feeling very comfortable, wouldn't you, that you're going to get across the line? Given that they've that they've done it twice already. Yeah. To get a two-point win against uh, a really in-formed side in Peel is, is great, even especially at home. The thing with Peel, though, it's now they've lost a couple on the a couple of really close ones as well. Mm. So we obviously saw them lose to Subiaco a couple of weeks ago. By so six. yeah, so really tough for them. So they're, they're going to have they're going to look to bounce back this weekend. They've got to get a win. They do. Yeah, so Claremont have got the bye as well, by yeah. the way, along with West Coast. So they'll go into the week's rest uh, fresh of uh, fresh with confidence. So hopefully from Peel uh, with the, the Dockers alignment, they can just come back and bounce in this weekend. They've got. Uh, just trying to get it up. Gee, They've no. got Perth. They've got Perth this weekend uh, in Peel. No, they don't. They have no. it at Mineral Resources. Mineral Resources so, Park. Yeah, really uh, winnable game, obviously, for them. So hopefully they can bounce back, Peel. I thought the real star of that game for Claremont was Taylor DeLacy again. I mean, I, I called his game a couple of weeks ago against Swan Districts. His final quarter alone outstanding. What he did as well against Peel Thunder, two quick goals, was elusive as ever in that forward 50. Watch out for DeLacy in the future. If I was an opposition defender, I'd got, I'd got to be keeping my eyes on Talon DeLacy. Yeah. I'd even had two eyes at the back of my head just to make sure his impact is contained. DeLacy is a big key forward, but also Jai Bolton, again, in yep. prime form, 36, 36. possessions and, and five marks, and just showing why he has stepped up a gear uh, in the absence of Bailey Rogers. And uh, Oliver, East, Oliver Eastland, yes. we love to- he did really well as well, 37 hit-outs for him. The thing that we're talking about, especially with Buller getting drafted to the Sydney Swans, we thought they were going to struggle up forward. Obviously, he hasn't really converted. Nine goals, you'd probably want to get a little bit more out of them, but you know the, the rest of the team's just really stood up. So if you're a Claremont fan, you'd be... Pretty happy heading into the bye, I reckon. Uh, they'd be smiling, uh, grinning with, uh, from ear to ear, as they say. They're on top of the ladder, and they deserve to be. Uh, East Perth, they also deserve to be in yep. the five. Uh, the third game of the weekend, Sunday at Leaderville Oval. They wrapped it up in the last quarter, six goals to two, and they uh, put East from Andal to the sword by 38 points. 
don't really want to talk too much on this. No, it was it was disappointing from Eastern Mountain's point of view. We we wanted them to really come out firing after that loss to to South Fremantle. Um, yeah, I'm trying to trying to be nice. Trying and, to be as composed as ever. Yeah, no, but if you're a competitive side, if you're a side that's going to be playing finals footy, I I listened to uh, Tony McCall with interest the other day, and he basically said that if you're a side that is pushing to play in the finals and wanting to win a premiership, you lose games throughout the year, but you don't get smacked the way they did against East Perth. That last quarter was a smack. It was. And Tony McCall, just a respected coach Mm. in the waffle footy, uh, obviously was at Eastern Mantle as well, around there for a really long time. I think he's in the Eastern Mantle Hall of Fame as well. But um, he just kind of mentioned as well that, you know, they just didn't have... You know, they weren't putting their body on the line like the East Perth did. Yeah, Endeavour, whatever you want to call it. Uh, East, East Perth, there was claims that at times in this game they were a bit bullied-like. Yeah. Oh, I'm not entirely sure, but that's where you kind of push back a little bit. Mm. Um, outside of the Marsh brothers, Jupp potentially, uh, Erdley I think you can chuck into this group as well, and Murdoch as well. They were the rule five that really stood up when they needed to for East Fremantle from like a bully point of view. Well, the only problem was Murdoch got concussion exactly. in the first quarter, didn't come back on. Erdley I thought was incredible. Uh, given so I'm the, just talking overall yeah, throughout yeah, the season. That yeah. They just don't have those players that just get in and get dirty mm. as much. So I reckon Bill wants to talk to that. He wants them, Bill Monaghan, the coach, he really wants them to get in and get dirty and just... You know, really put their bodies on the line, Eastern oh, yeah. Mantle. And I think outside of those, the, the five leaders that they've got there with the Jupp, uh, with the Marsh boys, Jupp, Erdley and, and Murdoch, all the other players have just got to, they've really got to go hard at that contested footy and really put their bodies on the line. The only one that really did on Sunday, to be honest, was Cameron Erdley. I mean, th- he, yeah. 30 touches, nine marks. He showing the true leadership that East Fremantle need on a more consistent basis from everybody, not just those five. On the other side of the coin, we, we spoke with Tom North earlier. He again was sensational. Yeah in defence, 16 possessions, three marks, two tackles, a real reliable shutdown defender mid, Mitch Crowden, again was excellent. Angus Schumacher continues on his uh, season best form, six marks as well to go with his 32 touches, and uh, also Corey Watts, he really stood up in uh, in Scott Jones' absence when uh, Scotty yeah. broke his leg in the first 30 seconds of the game, Watts sensational. Now, I'm also about giving credit where credit's due. Mm. I was speaking to Jacob Landsmere the other day, and he spoke to uh, Simpson, who's playing the reserves for Eastern Mantle. He actually mentioned on his radio show the other day that, because Simpson obviously transferred over for Eastern Mantle from East Perth. Yep. And he said the thing that they worked on for the two and a half, three years that he was there was kicking. Mm. And their kicking is elite, oh, East yeah. Perth. They, the, the times that they got the ball in their 50, they found that open play. Even just that opportunity to kick it over just the top of the heads of the Eastern Mantle defenders was amazing. So full credit to East Perth. They played... They played outstanding footy on the weekend. Two very good wins in two weeks, and they are yeah. now in the top five, or fourth place, in fact. Now, Swan Districts against Perth on Sunday at Steel Blue Oval. Five times they had lost by 10 yep. points or less. They finally got a close on one. On the other side, though. Yeah, Jared Cameron after the siren uh, over there at Steel Blue Oval, and they uh, broke their close game drought. What a great win it was for the Swans. Yeah, apparently it was a cracky game. I've seen the highlights of this. They had a fair few people there as well. Swan Districts as well. So, like, like we said, Paul, the difference in a Swan District size that could win games at still below oval to a side that can't is it's such a hard place to go and play footy and yeah. win so the fact that they're now starting to get a few wins at home is really really good for them 
Um, some some standout players to them. I thought um, Jarvis Pinner played oh. extremely well. He, he's one of my favourites yeah. over there at the Swans. I mean, just the ability to deliver under a lot of pressure. That is why I reckon if if AFL clubs have been looking at him, you know, age doesn't matter, to no. be honest with me. Age doesn't matter. If AFL clubs are looking at a player to really spark them up a little bit in defence and in midfield, yep. Jarvis Pina would be that player to be on the radar. I mean, 28 touches, 9 marks, and 4 inside 50s as well. Just shows how versatile he really is, yeah. especially when he's got the ball in his hand. High-impact player. Definitely. The other side of it as well, Jack Cooley played a pretty good game. He did, 30 yes. water disposals and went forward as well and kicked the goal in that game too. So, yeah, really, really good performance on both sides. We talk about Perth as well, that, you know, they are in a rebuild phase. But against a really quality side in Swan Districts, to only lose by a kick, it's a good position for them to be in. Yeah, absolutely. They've played some very good competitive football over the last month. And, yeah, it's only netted them one win. But they're still, like you said, in that rebuilding phase. They're playing competitive football. They're just getting better and better week in, week out. And I think Peter German, despite the loss, should be happy with the result at least. They got to within a kick against a side that, on paper, is finals quality. And I reckon Perth, down the track, second half of the season, maybe we should see them get uh, some more good wins under their belt and build towards 2024 with great optimism, not just from the players, the coaching staff, but all around the board at the Perth Football yeah. Club. Well, a tough game for them this weekend, obviously taking on Peel. So we think Peel will probably win that one. And then Swan Districts as well, taking on Eastern Mantle. It's a game that Eastern Mantle must win. That'll be a beauty. Up. That'll yeah. be a beauty this coming Saturday. And then the final game of round nine. This one was another beauty. It was all wrapped up in the last quarter. However, West Perth, they trailed by some 23 points against South Fremantle. In fact, it was by as much as 30 early on in the game, but vintage Aaron Black. Yeah, he was goals. the difference. What a game. Yeah, um, great performance by West Perth. I think we both tipped West Perth as well. I went with South Fremantle. Oh, well, there you go, Paul. So... <laughs> I have to eat my words again. <laughs> Eighty-six to fifty-nine. They didn't just beat them. They they that was a statement game by West Perth, especially up at Pentonet Stadium. They've got to win those games up there. It's such a hard place to play footy if you're away. Aaron Black, outstanding. Um, Seventeen disposals a goal, along with his three goals as well. The other player I thought was pretty good, Joseph Hinder, two goals as well. He contributed. Um, uh, Luke Meadows. Played a pretty decent game as well, 23 disposals. And then, you know, if you're just getting really good contribution from Nathan Murray and a few other of those players in there as well. Shane Nelson played extremely well, 33 disposals from memory. And Zach Guadagnin as yeah. well, especially in the back half when West Perth were having the ball flooded in their defensive 50 for much of that first half. He really held his own and then just ramped up his impact in the uh, second half when it needed. Yeah, definitely. And then on the other side of it, you know, some pretty good performances. Tom Bletcherden played quite well for South Fremantle. Um, um, some of the goal scorers that they had there. Are, Zach Strom know. with three. He played mostly in defence in that game on yeah. Monday, last Monday in the Derby at the Wacker last Monday week. Then shifted up forward, and like what he did in that Derby, he really turned the game in uh, South's favour in that yeah. first half. Three goals up forward. He kicked two late in the third quarter. Two late in the third quarter, and I was thinking in the box, okay, South Fremantle are going to get on with the business mm. here. But he was just curtailed in that last quarter. Yeah, and we talk about Zachary Strom as well. We spoke about him a lot in the East Fremantle, South Fremantle Derby the other day as well. Three goals to contribute to the scoreboard for him as well. But yeah, just wasn't enough for South Fremantle. So um, they have, this weekend, they have East Perth, like we spoke to Tom about Danger before. Game. Yeah, this, I reckon this is going to be a cracker game on Sunday afternoon. I'm glad it's on seven. Uh, all the other games, that West Perth and Subiaco this weekend is going to be a good one as well. Uh, Perth and Peel, we expect 
Peel will probably get up in that one. and then I don't think Peel will get up by that much. I think, I think Perth will be, again, very competitive. They'll continue that run of you know getting real close to those yep. high-quality sides. I don't think they'll get a win, but they'll really give Peel a, a run for their money. And then, obviously, Estremantle and Swans. That, that, those, those two teams play pretty good footy whenever they play against Absolutely. each other. So it'll be a good game at the Wacker. But, yeah, that, that's the round. Looking forward to round 10. Round 10, of course, four games this coming weekend, and all will be available live, free, and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Now, just before we get to the votes, TC, yep. the ladder as it stands after round nine. Claremont and Subiaco equal on 28 points, but it's Claremont on top followed by the Lions, and it's Peel Thunder, East Perth and West Perth making up the five. East Fremantle just outside on percentage, then Swan District, South Fremantle, Perth and West Coast rounding out the bottom half. Now, we go to the Around the Waffle Player of the Year votes for round nine. Yeah, now, for all the for all the uh, hot that you give Zach Clark, you only give him one vote. Just the you one. Say, you say he should be up. Uh, in the Sandover medal count, mm. but you're only giving him one. Hey, at least, at least he's polling consistent. That's true. We say you got to win to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. you got to win to do it. So 46 hitouts, Three again, marks. just dominant in the ruck. 17 disposals and two goals as well, so we shifted up forward a little yep. bit. Uh, two votes. Jesse Turner of Swan Districts, 28 disposals, also nine tackles as yep. well. He's a very physical midfielder. He ain't afraid to throw his body on the line and a gold boot. Three votes, Jai Bolton of Claremont just continuing his outstanding season. Like I said earlier, stepping up in the absence of Bailey Rogers, he's got that responsibility in the midfield solely on him. And what he has done is just really not only lifted himself, but also lifted the team. I'd like to know how many inside 50s he averages so far for the season. I know he got six on Saturday, but I'd like to know how many averages. We might bring that for them on Thursday. Round six or seven inside 50s. But yeah, we'll have a look at that on uh, Thursday uh, when we preview round 10. Four votes, Aaron Black of West Perth. He is back. Vintage Aaron Black uh, inside 50 in that last quarter. He's not afraid to uh, make that shift up forward when they just need a little extra avenue to goal, West Perth. 100%. And then number five, uh, you want to go for it? Corey it's the Around Watts, the Waffle yeah. top gun of round nine. Corey Watts of East Perth. He stood up in the absence of Scott Jones. 22 hitouts, 19 disposals, 10 tackles as well. Three marks and two inside 50s. A real complete game from Which Corey Watts. pushes him into our top four. Absolutely. So Corey Watts is on five points from East Perth. And then he's slowly getting there to Tom North, who was our guest this morning. Um, eight votes for him sitting in third. Nine to Milan Murdoch from East Fremantle. And... Uh, we hope he's all right, obviously, as well. And Jai Bolton from Claremont, he leads the way. Two votes in front, sitting on 11 at the moment. Yep, you're Do you absolutely that right. that probably translates a little bit to the Sandover? Possibly, yes, yeah. but still early days in the season. It's, uh, of course, Jai Bolton leading for the first time in the Around the Waffle Player of the Year, and we can't wait for the next round of footy TC already. Four games, and all four of them are absolute belters. And the great thing is, I'm just looking at this list, we've got about 35 players who've polled this year in our yeah. competition. So it just shows how, how good the competition is this year and how many players are really really pushing from a uh, from a player point of view and playing really good footy. And like you always say, TC, with the Player of the Year you gotta votes, win. you got to win if you want to get those votes. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. So, there you go. Thanks, TC. Another great uh, show from you. I look forward to a preview of Round 10 with you on Thursday. Yeah, looking forward to it. It is a big round, Round 10. We can't wait for it. And we'll have a preview for you on Thursday, whether on the Backchat YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks very much for your company. We look forward to uh, your viewership and your listenership when we preview Round 10. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.